You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Michael Ryder episode of 2, 5, and 10. It absolutely seems fitting that this is a season-ending episode because every time Michael Ryder had the puck and I would talk about him out loud, he would absolutely he would go and score a goal and shove it up my hoop, especially in public and at viewing parties at Phil's house. So first and foremost, fuck you, Michael Ryder, and fuck, and fuck you for ending the NHL season. Benny, what up? The end of the world? Uh, that's what's going on. I'm sure everybody listening is well aware of what's going on, except for the assholes still going to the bars in Nashville and on, to the beach in Clearwater, Florida today. So thanks for helping spread this shit. But we were just kind of talking before the uh, recording started about schools and daycares uh, being shut down up in Boston. I know here in New York City, the schools are shut down until April 20th at the earliest. Uh, all restaurants are now takeout only. Bars, clubs, concert venues, event spaces are closed for, I think, 21 days at the minimum. Uh, yeah, New York City is kind of on shutdown for the time being, except for uh, grocery stores and pharmacies. Yeah, Boston just implemented all that last night, so officially a shutdown. I mean, not a complete shutdown, still a couple of things open. There can't be gatherings of over 25-plus people except at a grocery store. So, I mean, barbershops are still open. I mean, I'm going to guess minimally staffed. I haven't gone lately. It's just a, a weird time in the world currently. Yeah, I wish I got my hair cut before this happened because now I'm going to be looking shaggy in April. Oh, I, I have an awful do going right now. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to uh, at least visit one on the time being. Uh, I lucked out a little bit in the work since uh, currently one week on at work, one week off, which I did not see coming. I'm definitely grateful. I, I'm not upset about it. So every other week I am at home with the cannibal and, uh, he will be our guest host later on today. He's going to come downstairs, say <laughs> a few words, but uh, outside of that, uh, where do we want to take this Benny? I mean, I I'm assuming this is a season ending episode, just all the rumors of everything. Even yeah. if we just stay on the course for what we're on right now, camps wouldn't even be opening until the end of April. So if that indeed happens, which I doubt, we would be looking at a Stanley Cup run well into July. There have been some things put out there as to an expanded playoff field. Currently, a 24-team format has been pushed out there. The Rangers are in if if it happens. So, yeah. you know. Um, so, findings. Yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts on all the possibilities? Do you think it's going to happen? I, it's just hard to predict anything right now. Yeah, I mean, just to talk about the hockey aspect of it with the so right now with the NHL there this isn't set in stone they even put out a feeler to every team if they had suggestions on on 
ideas if the season does allow itself to be started again how do they move forward different scenarios the nhl has asked every single team to submit their arena availability through through the end of july as a fail safe uh with that in mind the one that's been talked about the most like you said is the 24 team playoff uh so it would be 12 teams in the east 12 teams in the west and the top 12 teams in each conference regardless regardless of division, based on point percentage. So that's how we, they would do it since they haven't finished a regular season, obviously. Um, I know not every team has played the same amount of games, which can factor into it, but uh, taking that kind of measuring stick and looking at each conference right now, the East playoff teams would be Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philadelphia, and those teams would have a bye. And then it would be Pittsburgh, Toronto, Carolina, the Islanders, the Blue Jackets, the Panthers, the Rangers, and Montreal. Out in the West, it would be St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Edmonton having a first-round bye. And then Dallas, Vancouver, Nashville, Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Arizona, and Chicago making the playoffs out West. And just to kind of put even more of a narrow visual for everybody, the first round, the play-in series. So it would be a best out of three. Whoever wins each of these series would then advance to the full uh, playoffs. The first plan would be the Penguins versus the Canadians, the Maple Leafs versus the Rangers, the Panthers versus the Hurricanes, the Islanders versus the Blue Jackets, the Stars versus the Blackhawks, the Canucks versus the Coyotes, the Predators versus the Wild, and the Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. Um, it's an interesting scenario. I know the NHL has done something like this before. I think it was uh, the late 70s. I'm going to go either 78 or 79. They had kind of like a play-in thing uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs back then, that one year. If the Forgetting all the logistics, forgetting the real-world scenarios going on right now, if this were the setup, what do you think about it with the first-round buys for four teams, a team at 500 like Montreal making the playoffs at least in a play-in uh, do you just see this as something that's viable and would actually be exciting for the fans no I, I think it would definitely be exciting just because for example say we come back and there is no games you just go right into this playoff scenario if you want to talk about viewers because I mean now hockey's back now you're in this round robin format of best out of three like I think it would be great. I, granted, I mean, do I think Montreal deserves a playoff spot? No, but in the playoffs in general, we have teams every year that we say, oh, they're not, you know, the eight seed's not going to beat the one seed. Yeah, well, it's happened plenty of times. That's how the LA Kings win cups. So I think that in the parity sense, it's phenomenal for the league. There you go, Glenny. Phenomenal. But um, outside of that, I think viewing will be up. You would get more markets into it outside of the people who are just not in it, but at this point they haven't been in it all year, so it is what it is. I think it'll be good. Do you think on the other end for the whole playoff format, just to kind of shorten it up a little bit, that everything outside of that first round or play-in round would stick to best of seven? Do you think best of five might be better just time-wise? Yeah, that's something that they're going to have to look at because if you're looking at arenas into July, 
the ice is already turning into shit for the San Lico final when it's normally held in early in mid-June. So um, if you're looking at a July performance, first of all, I think they went to 24 teams because they looked at the 23rd and 24th team in the standings and they saw there was Montreal and Chicago and they just saw the ability to potentially make back some of the money that they, they lost as a whole uh, with the shutdown by having a market like Montreal and Chicago involved. So I think that played into it. They could have easily have done a 22-team uh, play-in where they would have just had, uh, f- uh, what, 6 versus 11, 7 versus 10, 8 versus instead um so i think that played into it but into the logistics part of it let's say they're able to pick back up end of april which is a wildly best case scenario at this point since the cdc just said nothing over 50 people is allowed for eight weeks and that puts it right there and then you would have to have some type of mini camp to get players up and running and handle and get ready for this play-in tournament but you got to look at at the opposite end of this Stanley Cup ends late July. So everybody has a month off until training camp opens again. Oh, Free agency, the draft, players resting, recouping from surgeries, getting in shape for the next season. All that's going to happen in the month of August. And then September rolls around and it's like, okay, next season. I think it would kill guys just because yeah. you see guys that play deep into runs just weight like the off seasons when they put their weight back on they might come into camp at you know 180 they might end the season at 165 just from all the skating and cardio throughout the year so that's a crucial time to put weight back on I mean I I know Brad Marchand's great on his edges and great on his feet but he also has his weight behind him imagine that if he comes in 15 pounds lighter to camp next year he'd be getting steamrolled yeah and you look at veterans in the playoffs, you always hear after a long playoff run, this guy needed surgery. It's going to take three months, but he'll be ready for camp. Well, if they play until the end of July, he's out the first month or two of the regular season for next year. Oh, easy. Easy. So I think right now the NHL is just probably putting together a lot of different contingency plans on the best-case scenario, which is a two-week minicamp at the end of April with the CDC kind of clears uh, events for this. But if this, if any further delay in allowing anything to happen like this in the United States, I think they're just going to pull the plug on a season, which I know it sucks, especially for Bruins fans out there, uh, Lightning fans, that you're not going to have the opportunity to compete and win the Stanley Cup. But at some point, you got to look at the larger picture and go, do we want to and have to deal with the blowback on that and the financial repercussions of that? Or do we want this to bleed into a second year because of injuries and shortened camps and free agency and all that? And now the next season, the quality of play is also impacted. Um, So that's everything that's being weighed right now. As a Rangers fan, obviously, yeah, cool. We would make the playoffs. We'd play Toronto in this scenario. And then if we even win that, um, I think we would end up playing either Boston or Tampa in the first round. So great, we get to play an extra three games before we get our asses handed to us. Um, It's just, yeah, it's the most surreal hockey-related few weeks of my life. And, you know, we had 9-11, but sports were back up the following, like, five, seven days later. Like, NHL 
got their season pretty much started on time, and we just moved on from there. They have a season just end, and it's not a lockout, and then just no ceiling like of champ is. I know when this all first started in January, December, January in China, I don't think anybody thought it would lead to this here in the States. No, I don't think anyone thought it was going to be a full spectrum in coming here. Um, to all the Bruins fans that I see posting it of, I went and I read the rule book and it states that if a season ends or whatever it is, whoever is the first overall team is, you know, granted the Stanley cup. If you think the Bruins won the Stanley cup because the season ended, like you're a fucking idiot. Like, Oh dude, it's like, we thought we won game seven last year until we had to play it. <laughs> you know, like, like, let's call a fucking. Bruins next, but with the Lundqvist situation going on, and then that's his final year with the Rangers potentially gets cut short, and he had we had a chance to actually win the Stanley Cup for him. Uh, uh, so that would be incredibly disappointing. But no matter what the rule book says, it would always have an asterisk. Like they would say, "Oh, who won the Stanley Cup the nineteen twenty season?" And everybody would look at the book and go, "Oh, the Bruins," but they didn't actually play it. It was because of that outbreak of the epidemic that happened. So. I guess it doesn't really count. Yeah, that's just I was hearing all the things on the fan boards. It's just like shut the fuck up. It's like just shut the fuck up. Yeah, if it were me, I would just pull a plug. Especially since I'm, I guarantee you, there's going to be NHL players that test positive for this. Just because you look at the NBA, the NHL shares a lot of those arenas, a lot of those locker rooms, and the NBA has infected players. So if they're sharing locker rooms and didn't even know about it. I'm sure there's going to be a handful of guys at least that are going to have it. It's likely not life-threatening, especially for a pro athlete. But once that happens, I think the NHL is just going to say, it ain't worth it. Let's just pull the plug. I mean, for the record, though, if we're discussing it, that player in the NBA that came down with it. He, oh, Rudy he, Gobert? Yeah, he's a jackass, and, and he deserves it. For, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Like, for a guy who goes through and says, I'm not scared of this, touches everybody's microphone, and then contracts it, and then he gave it to one of his other teammates because he said he was going through other people on the Jazz's stuff, touching all their shit. Like, that guy should have a bounty on his head because I'm sure someone here wants to fucking kill him. <laughs> and it spread to a handful of other guys in the NBA, at least the ones that are confirmed right now they're still waiting on other tests but yeah he apologized on instagram he's giving like five hundred thousand dollars to arena workers or something like that just that's the type of mentality that's been going around and i know this isn't hockey related but i've seen people this past weekend even though local state and federal governments and government officials were saying stay inside stay isolated only go out if you need to they're going to bars they're celebrating st patty's day they're going to beaches they're flying just to go out like you guys are you're the reason you may not get sick but somebody you know will get sick because of you and then you spread it to them and then they spread it to their people and so on and so on so i know we were talking about you just got to take the the option out of people's hands which the government's finally doing by saying shelter in place everything is closed stay the fuck home yeah, they legitimately had to close the bars in Southie on Sunday because they know people were still going to show up to them. 
So they had to legitimately close them. The city of Boston had to close them because of it. But I I do want to give a a shout out, though. Uh, Dalton and the Sheriffs, he's a local guy down here that plays a lot of the bars and has a couple of songs. This guy, through it all, he was supposed to play St. Paddy's Day weekend, wasn't allowed to due to everything going on. He ends up doing a Instagram live and then everything else, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine. So he's doing it and he sets up his Venmo account and he was all the money he got sent to while playing his show just on Facebook and Instagram live. He then sent out to the bartenders at all the bars that were closed in Southie, which is awesome. Like the the guy wasn't going to clean house anyways, but I believe it was like just over 6,500 bucks. He was able to raise doing his shows and give back to all the people down there who lost some money. So hats off to Dalton and the sheriffs there. Yeah. And that's something, especially here in New York, I've been seeing a lot of New Yorkers just kind of rise to the occasion and help each other out. A lot of service workers have lost their jobs as of today. Um, so I'm hoping the government can kind of step in and issue either unemployment assistance immediately or just cash benefits that are sent out to people. Um, just a lot of people are going to be hurting for the next however many weeks uh, things are on lockdown before things get back to normal. So even if we get over the virus in two months in terms of you know new case spread, this is going to be like a six-month to a year recovery in terms of people's finances or the the business sector. So with that in mind, it's also to touch on that. A lot of players, a lot of leagues, a lot of teams in the NBA, major league baseball, and I've seen in the NHL, the Rangers have done this too. I think some Bruins players have done it. They're helping to pay the lost wages for arena workers or hourly staff that work for the team uh, because they're shut down. So, Major props to the individuals, the teams, the organizations, whoever you are that are contributing to uh, helping the people behind the scenes that you know put on the show. You show up, you skate, all the other stuff that goes on uh, needs these people. So it's nice to see uh, people step up and do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping here that through all this madness, there'll be more of the stories that we just shared, just more people coming forward and being more beneficial as for the Calgary flames, just ridiculous in the sense of they wouldn't even pay their workers in the meantime, same thing for the Jacobs family here in Boston. They weren't paying their guys up, uh, starting their own little GoFundMe page to help Dale with, uh, some of the financial stupid. Well, you know what? I think day one, if this thing ever comes back, tell them, yep, we're showing up to work. We're showing up to work. Once is the doors open, everybody leave and be like, hey, you didn't want to pay <laughs> us then? That, that, that's what they get. These guys are billionaires. Yep. Billionaires. They can't pay people. That's what they would deserve. Yeah, and I know And bringing it back to the NHL and all nice stuff, these, every team in the league is going to be losing a lot of money because of the shutdown, and especially if the season is just canceled completely. Uh, I saw on The Athletic, I think it was Pierre Lebrun did some quick math, and on average, teams can expect to lose the total because of this, anywhere from 10 to $17 million. Uh, and that doesn't include the team that would have won the Stanley Cup, all the money and the financial aspects that come with that, especially for next season as well. So 
they're losing money, but even with that, that's like a write-off for a lot of these owners outside of maybe Arizona. Well, Arizona owner has some deep pockets, so maybe Eugene Melnick in Ottawa is the only one I would be actually hurting here. Very well could be. Uh, getting away from this, would you like to speak to our guest host of the night here? Oh, is Cam, Cam Cam Bigelow is here? Cam, Cam just came down. I'm going to put the headset on him, so so he's in on the conversation. Does Cam have Does Cam have anything to say about the coronavirus? <laughs> uh, please, please hold. Let me put the uh, headphones on. All right, Cam. Headphones are on. Talk to Benny. Hi, hey, Benny. Cam. How are you? Good. You taking care of your mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss hockey? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think the Bruins should win the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Yeah? So, what's, what do you want from your dad for your birthday? Hmm. If you can have anything, what would it be? Shark bite. You want a shark bite? Yeah. Okay, I'll tell him that and make sure he gets that for you now since everybody else can hear that. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Ask him, what are him and the first lady going to do? Do you have any cousins coming in November <laughs> or December? <laughs> uh, no cousins, but maybe when I visit, I can bring uh, our pet dog with us. How about that? Yeah. Can you? Okay. Any <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Dada? Ask him if he likes shooting at the empty net. Do you like shooting at the empty net? Every every day, my man. Every day. Yeah. Yeah, well, ask him. Here, here's the mic. Ask him any questions you got. Mm. You got to say. I'm thinking. Oh, come on. You got to be better than that. Uh, did I? Yes, Cam. What is the question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> two minutes for Cam. Two minutes. Two minutes in a box with Cam Cam Bigelow. That was even still a better appearance than uh, Bobo. <laughs> if only he'd be able to hear that. <laughs> Weren't aware, so... 
he is going to be an up-and-coming Bruins player in about, what, 15, 20 years, right? Uh, about that, yeah. He's turning five in April, so uh, he's almost there. He's almost there. He's almost there. like Paw Patrol or whatever, so I'll have to pay a little bit better attention when other commercials come Yeah, along. I told him since he said it on a podcast and everybody heard it, that means he's definitely getting it. I'm, I might just have to ask Uncle Stratty to get him that. It's an off-season primer, or a holy shit, they're coming back, and we have a, a playing tournament. But just in case, this is the last regular season episode of. I think that's the biggest thing, like you said, retool over the summer, see where the pieces land. Um, one of our guys who's actually been really solid for us at the end of this year, UFA, is Yaroslav Halak. number not jump past john moore john moore making 2.75 not even playing so you got to think grizz is going to come in at at least eight but then does that spoil it for brandon carlo who's at 2.85 so i think there's certain things yeah. within a lineup that are going to have to come together here jake debrusque another one of those restricted free agents uh andres bjork he finally guy uh, another forward, our fourth line, Joachim Nordstrom. I mean, for what he does, a million dollars a year, if he wants to come back for that, I'm a-okay with that. I just don't <laughs> know where they decide they're going to slot guys or not. But outside of that, I mean, if Tory Krug's gone, we have a hole. If Tory Krug yeah. and Zdeno Chara are both gone, we have a massive hole. Well, it's a good thing you guys really hit a home run from those three first rounds picks a few years back yeah i was gonna say that guy in ottawa <laughs> thomas shabbat looks pretty good that could have been here but um hypothetically if they're gone we have charlie mcavoy brandon carlo john moore mac rizlick jeremy lozon and connor clifton all under contract i think it's okay but as to the lineup we had this year i mean there would definitely be some growing pains there's no question about that I kind of feel like this was the last year of a top-of-the-league contender run for this Bruins group, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't th think they're going to fall off a cliff or be battling for a wild-card spot next year, but I don't think they're going to be leading the league in points. I kind of feel like with this core group, this was like the last hurrah for that. 
Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. I, I know the big fella, Big Z, didn't really slow down too much. He wasn't really noticeable in the bad sense of, uh, you know, just play your lane, be big, keep people wide. I think he did that fine. Obviously, he's slower, he's older. Uh, on that end, it is what it is. There, there is another thing, though, just looking at it. There's going to be a lot of money potentially coming off the books. Uh, the Dennis Seidenberg buyout end at the end of the done at the end of this year. Matt Bolesky, I don't envision us re-signing Kevin Miller, who's a UFA. Uh, if you go up and then you add in Zdeno Chara and Tory Krug, that that's abundance of about ten million dollars in cap space. So as to where that goes or however it's dealt with, will definitely be. Uh, Interesting to see as to when it would play out, and it was like you said, if the season does indeed come back or attempt to come back, how on earth on the other end do we get to free agency? Do we get to the draft? Yeah. Like, there's so many question marks. But as yeah, that's why I feel like they're just going to pull it and just get everything in order for next year and make sure everything's as smooth as possible. Yeah, I feel like one other thing, just a random side note, is if anyone got hosed a little bit here. I think it was Seattle. I mean, just on the scouting perspective, you mm. just lost another 20 games and then playoff teams another 20-something, 30 games on the other end of potentially scouting players. So it should be uh, interesting to see how everything plays out, that's for sure. How's uh, New York looking in the off season? Yeah, well, just to kind of wrap up this year, if this is indeed the end of it, I know I had my rant last week, and that loss to the Devils is looming extremely large on if the Ranger, if the NHL comes back this year on where the Rangers would be sitting in that playoff seating. Because um, right now, if they had those two points, they wouldn't be in that play-in, a lower seed in that play-in round. Uh, they would be one of the higher seeds with home ice. So uh, I didn't think that loss would have as much potential impact as it ended up having. So I guess I was prophetic with that one. But overall, if this is indeed it, I think a highly successful season for the Rangers. Um, I knew they had good talent. I obviously disagreed with a lot of the pundits around the hockey world who pegged them to be one of the five worst teams in the league. I didn't think that was going to be even remotely possible. Um, they're Stars played like stars for the majority of the year. They integrated some rookies at varying levels of success from Igor Shosturkin and goal, who looks like the future in net. Uh, Kavokako had a season under his belt. Hopefully that helps him next year as he is a 19-year-old in the league. I still have my feelings about Quinn. If you want to know about that, listen to last week's episode because you'll see how I feel, especially with the coaching free agents that are out there right now. But just a su successful year all around. Um, really being able to build off of that this summer, quote-unquote, or offseason, especially with Kreider locked up. Um, Rangers is set up good for the future. And speaking about the future, today they signed one of their first-round picks from 2018, K. Andre Miller, to an entry-level contract. Left-hand shot, 6'5", 240, skates like the wind. Um, so... I don't know if he makes a team out of camp, but he's a ready-made built-in replacement for Mark Stahl on the left side. So uh, keep an eye on that. The other thing I wanted to touch on about this year is my boy Henrik Lundqvist. If this is indeed how his Rangers career ends, I couldn't think of 
a shittier way for the king of New York to go out in the sense of he had that last start at Madison Square Garden against the Flyers, did not play well. I mean, it was his first start in over a month. Um, played sparingly before then as well. And then now is it no send-off. I know even if after he retires, his jersey's going to the Raptors, he's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame, he's going to have all that pomp and circumstance when he comes back to the Garden. But to not be able to have that one last game at the Garden where everybody kind of knows just probably is going to be it and get that send-off from the fans and from the team is incredibly disappointing as a huge Henrik Lundqvist fan, and I'm sure he's disappointed if this is the way it goes out because they're... Shashurkin is going to be the number one next year. It basically boils down to, do the Rangers need the cap space to keep their guys? D'Angelo is a restricted free agent. Strom is a restricted free agent. Brendan Lemieux is a restricted free agent. They just gave Kreider that big extension. And does that mean they either buy out Lundqvist? Or do they trade him and eat some of his contract uh, to save some cap space? The flip side of that is, if a team comes and just blows the Rangers away with an offer for Georgiev, and then it's you just trade Georgiev, you keep Lundqvist, you figure out the salary cap situation, um, and then you go from there for the next season with him as the backup to Shesterkin. So being realistic, I think Lundqvist's career with the Rangers has come to an end, especially since I think this season's going to be canceled uh, in the coming weeks. It's going to be weird to see him in another team's jersey next year, but... Uh, yeah, he's always going to be my boy, and, you know, I wish they were one year ahead in the rebuild and what they are now, because if next year is the year they're going to be turning a corner, I wish it was this year with Lundqvist still on the team, just being selfish about that. But the Rangers sitting pretty for the summer. they got to figure out the salary cap, and they got to figure out the goaltending situation. Uh, but other than that, you know, pretty successful year. Next year is going to be a big year in terms of turning that corner and kind of ending that rebuild moniker. So, uh, yeah, you guys might be on our way down slowly. We might be on our way up a little bit slowly. So we'll see um, if we pass each other on the way up the mountain. <laughs> yeah, we will see what happens. Hopefully uh, next year again on a Sunday in New York. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just for both teams, if this is indeed it, Rangers 70 games played, 37-28-5 for 79 points, 31 regulation wins, which ties – Philly, the Capitals uh, for the third most in the entire Eastern Conference. The Bruins finished the year 70 games played, 44, 14, and 12 for 100 points, 38 regulation wins, which leads the league, um, and a plus 53. I hope it's not it. I think it's going to be it. Um, I did promise that I would give an update on our locks of the week standings. I had the number written down on my phone. I lost the specific numbers, but I do remember that you won this year. You beat me out by six games, but I did make it back to 500 after an 0-9 start. So I did clear 500 in the end. So I'm proud of myself with that. But you are the lock of the week champs this year, my friend. Uh, Back-to-back champ, two times coming. Uh I mean, I also beat you on the Ottawa Detroit, but you know that's you know we'll call that hey, one a wash. Listen, you're just lucky they canceled the year because the Red Wings <laughs> are ready to turn a corner. You know, 39 points; they're only 23 behind the Senators. They're going to make a run at it. Yeah, I just can't wait for you to predict them ahead of the Senators next year. So, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna predict the Red Wings to finish only ahead of the uh, AHL champion for next year. That's about it. I was gonna say if they played each other, the AHL team might make the jump <laughs> up. Um, before we get into closing statements, shout outs, things like that, I do have one last today in NHL history potentially for the 2019-20 NHL regular season. Uh, going all the way back. In 1969, the Bruins tied an NHL record by scoring eight goals in a second period of an 11-3 win against the Maple Leafs at Boston Garden. In 1983, Scotty Bowman becomes the first NHL coach to win 100 games with three teams uh, when the Buffalo Sabres defeated the visiting Calgary Flames 5-3. He previously reached 100 or more wins with the St. Louis Blues and Montreal Canadiens. And obviously, he went on to have a tremendous amount of success with the Detroit Red Wings. And more recently, in 2017, Patrick Anderson makes 33 saves in the Maple Leafs in a 5 nothing win against the Lightning. The shutout is, a first, is the first for Toronto in Tampa since 1999, so almost 20 years. thought that was interesting. 20 years, that's a long time. Yep. All right, who, who do you have for shout-outs? Shout-outs this week, obviously First Lady. We're going to be spending a lot of time in quarantine, which does not mean Cam is going to be having any cousins anytime soon. Um, <laughs> shout out to, and I have no idea if anybody in this area is ever going to hear this podcast, but just in case, shout out to all the first responders, doctors, nurses, CDC officials, police officers, firefighters, everybody that's for, uh, putting themselves in a line of fire in terms of dealing with this uh, pandemic and making sure that we flatten the curve and also if you're listening to this podcast and you think you're invincible if you think you can go out and mess around because you're young you're an asshole stay the fucking side uh that is Stuart running for president in 2024 <laughs> so so just remember that uh the first part for all the first responders remember to vote for benny not the other ones um <laughs> big shout out to the first lady i saw while you were uh going to provide nourishment today that she was at home getting it right getting it tight a little bhakti i believe i can't even pronounce that so uh yeah some yoga some yeah. yoga on zoom yoga on zoom i don't know it sounds phenomenal i guess uh so, so big shout out to her uh shout out to big red just dealing with this every day at work currently there is no one that is having it or that she's telling me has it at the va so hopefully just trying to keep me uh mentally sane and uh yeah all the doctors all the nurses everybody who gets this dealt right to them god bless wash your hands stay as clean as you can uh like benny said quarantine don't be an asshole if you don't have to be uh that's the reason why everything got shut down because there was people like you that were still going to the fucking bars trying to get ripped on saint patty's day weekend when they told you to stay home so yeah but Everybody, um, thank you for listening. And in the meantime, hopefully we're all just trying to figure it out on the fly as best we can. And, uh, from there, hopefully all of us together will indeed do that and hopefully find something. Yeah. Whatever it may be. I'm not too sure, but finding it all, wherever it may be, uh, the outro seems rather closing on a day like tonight or rather fitting on a day like today. And, as we said, if we find anything or hear anything, 
you will hear it here. Good love, peace, and here of Greece, baby. Godspeed. Stay.